meditating uh, about recently is how every person is, is a whole universe. Like every person that we see, uh, we see an exterior, we see a shell, but there's a whole lot going on inside most people's heads. Uh, there can be just be a whole lot of everything, a whole lot of history and a whole lot of memories and a whole lot of desires and a whole lot of failures and a whole lot of hopes and dreams and temptations and vices and virtues and there's just so much going on behind that you know behind behind that like there's like it's, it's what, what do they call it it's like the, the duck or the swan it's all calm on the outside and the and the, the, the paddles you know paddling like 90 under the water that's kind of what well, every person that we see is like that there's so much going on below the surface so you can walk into a kitchen for example and there is uh, someone baking. And you have the beautiful celestial smell of chocolate chip cookies, right, being baked. And you can walk into the kitchen, right? Now, in, it's just interesting to, 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 to even ask ourselves or look at what is my reaction to that. You might go, oh, I love chocolate chip cookies. Oh, I can't wait until they come out of the oven. Or you walk into the kitchen, you smell the chocolate chip cookies, and you go, oh, typical Roisin, look at me, I'm so good at baking. You know, and, and or you could walk in and smell the chocolate chip and go, "Oh, Roshin is so good at baking. I'm useless. I was never good at baking. I mean, I tried baking once, and it was horrific. <laughs> they almost had to call the fire brigade. Like, uh, you know, but it, it's the same action on the, as in, it's the same thing, event that's happening, but the reaction in this can be very, very different. Or even it can lead us to jealousy. Someone's chocolate. There you are. Walk into the, to the kitchen that beautiful smell, and you go, hope they fail, I hope they burn. Hi, Roisin. <laughs> it's just, it's just as I say, uh, obviously there's a serious side to this homily as well, there is, but, like, but what I'm saying is, this is real life, because these are opportunities for virtue, right? these are opportunities for virtue. Our reading today said something which is, is quite startling, when, it, when, it's, when it's declared kind of openly, it's an awful thing to say. Let us lie in wait for the virtuous man, since he annoys us. So they hang on. You've just recognized that this, this man is virtuous. Let us lie in wait for the virtuous man, because his virtue, not, not his sinfulness, not his failures, his virtue annoys us. It's, it's, it's a startling statement, right? His virtue annoys us and opposes our way of life reproaches us for our breaches of the law and accuses us of playing false to our upbringing. He claims to have knowledge of God, claims to, have, claims to be a, a son of, of, of God. Okay, what, what, so what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Let us see if what he says is true. God will take his part if what he says is true. So let us put him to the test with cruelty and torture. It's just, it's, it's, I think this, this kind of thing might actually be a little more common than we realize. When we see someone doing something good, and rather than, than being inspired by it, we can conspire against it. You know, so rather than, than being, you see someone who does something good, our reaction should be, aren't they amazing? Aren't they fantastic? And then it, I think it should even lead us to tell them, thank you so much that you bake. I can't wait, you are a gift to me, and a gift to this community, and a gift to my digestive system. You know, thank you for baking. Thank you. Uh, and uh, yeah, actually, could you show me how you do this? 
So rather than kind of sitting there going, I'm useless, I can't cook, I can't bake, I can't... <laughs> we learn. So now a, a person's virtue, rather than it annoying us, it has now inspired me, yeah, maybe to learn something, which is good. That's, that, that's the way it should be. Rather than kind of sitting down and conspiring or kind of hoping that it fails, or hoping that... that I remember, oh, this is awful. Uh, I was in first class or senior inference, I can't remember, it's a long time ago anyway, and um, we were doing art. So we, we, uh, the teacher gave us uh, uh, a, a kind of a, a little streak of liquid paint on the page, and we had a straw, we had to kind of blow the paint into patterns, right? So I did, I, I did, I did my blow art thing, and it looked pretty awful. Then the girl beside me did something and it looked like a tree. It actually looked really good. And I said, oh, that's lovely. And I caught her straw, put it sideways, and just pushed it up the page. And the whole, the whole page just went green. <laughs> Sorry. For these and all my sins, I humbly ask the Lord's forgiveness. <laughs> I, was, I was a child. But so it was just very interesting. Again, you see, some, uh, you see something good or beautiful, and your reaction isn't always what it should be. It's kind of satanic, actually, to see something good and beautiful, and because it is good and beautiful, you want to destroy it. It's like, I, I've heard it said as well that, that, that demons, for example, they hate the laughter of children. There is something special about the laughter of children. I mean, even people now watching YouTube videos and stuff, they love to, you know, when you see a, a, a video of a child going, <laughs> And they fall over or something laughing. You know, that video will get two billion hits. You know what I mean? Because people just love hearing children laugh. There's something so pure and beautiful about a child's laugh because there's no ulterior motive. They're not trying to impress anyone. They're not trying to, I don't know, fit into a social norm or something. They just laugh because they're happy. There's a purity and a beauty about a, a child's laugh. And the enemy hates it. Hates it for that reason. Because it is so beautiful and so pure. So anything that, that is good and beautiful and pure and virtuous, the enemy cannot stand. And wants, wants to kind of take it down. That's why even, even like, you know, physical beauty, uh, the enemy wants to make physical beauty into something that produces lust, not love. Even the, the sexual act, something which is so, so, so beautiful, this act of self-giving that should be life-giving, the enemy reduces it, so he takes the same act, but you completely reduce it to something else. Something j j just about pleasure, just about actual use, even about kind of almost enslaving the other person in certain circumstances. Something which is then becomes so violent and base and, 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 and degraded. But in and of itself, it's such a beautiful and, and good thing, this self-giving act. So when we see virtue and we see beauty, it should inspire us rather than cause us to conspire against it. A friend of mine, Father John, I won't give a surname, uh, he happens to be, he's a Dominican, yeah, that's still broad enough, I think, Father John the Dominican, it's still it's broad enough. Um, he, told, he, he told the story publicly, so this isn't private anyway, uh, but he said that he remembers during the, the office, right, so during the morning and evening prayer, uh, he'd be standing there with his breviary, and he spotted across uh, the choir uh, another brother, a priest, who would pray and seem to pray quite deeply. So he'd be standing there going, Father X is praying fairly deeply. I suppose I should try maybe a little harder as well to pray a bit better, pray a bit more deeply. And this 
example of his brother helped him to pray better. So, you know, that's all good. Can ha should happen to us here as well, by the way. When you walk into the chapel and someone is praying well, you go, oh, Jane. Well, if they're praying well, I should maybe pray a little harder too. <laughs> okay. But a couple of days later, this other brother, Brother X, came to him and said, Father John, I just wanted to thank you. Because every time I come into the chapel to pray and I see you praying, it inspires me to pray better. <laughs> Father John was like, well, Thank you. Interesting. <laughs> you know, it was actually the other guy. You know, it was a mutual inspiration. Isn't that fantastic? To actually have a, a, a religious community like where people mutually inspire each other to holiness. That's the way it should be. We see virtue and it, it, and, and it, it inspires me to be more virtuous, not jealous of their virtue or not want to pull them down. Again, the, the, the enemy, the enemy, like, Satan is like so full of jealousy and hatred. I I'm not sure that there are people out who would probably correct me afterwards. I'm not sure if, if Satan is jealous of God. I don't my guess would be he isn't because he knows that God is infinitely more than him. So it's obvious that God is going to be more than him. I think he's far more jealous of us. I think he's jealous of, of kind of the predilection that, that, that we as, as human beings have. That God became, that Jesus becomes man, not an angel. So he, he raises up our fallen nature, and we are of an inferior nature to, 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 to an angelic nature. I think he's jealous of us. I think he hates to see virtue in us. He hates to see purity in us. He hates to see even, even like pure joy, that kind of the joy of good company and just good, clean, fun, you know, a cycle in, 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 on, on a green way or a blue way, and the laughter and the joy and the friendship, just kind of wholesome beauty, the beauty of friendship and love. He hates that. Hates it. Hates it. And just like in our reading, it, 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 it causes him to want to conspire against us. Conspire against us. Make us fall. Make us fail. Take something good and pervert it. Take a friendship and turn it into something, uh, a dependency or an addiction or something lust-filled, or something like that, and just mess up something good. He takes, you know, religious life, and we're living together, praying together, and all that, and then again, he wants to take these good examples of holiness and make us jealous of them, make us want to pull them down. It's, 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 it's a dangerous thing. Um, it also exists, exists among priests, you know, uh, where, uh, be careful of this one now, but, uh, but the way we celebrate Mass, how we celebrate Mass. There are certain things that, that a priest can do or not do that will indicate if he's conservative or not. This is called a Paul. P-A-L-L. I don't know why it's called, pronounced Paul. It's called a Paul. Right? If you use this, you're conservative. <laughs> All priests know that. We know, well, we know that. Like. So if, after you uh, consecrate the, the wine, if you put this on, on the chalice, you're conservative. There's these little indications, you know what I mean? So if I'm considering another priest, I know he knows what I'm doing. <laughs> he sees it and he knows. Uh, but there are these kind of little, little things. And often, and, and this is a, a, a sad reality, and then, then I'll finish. No, I'll, I'll, I'll end it with a good reality at the end. So a sad reality is that very often the standard that we think everyone else should be at and the standard, the level that we think no one else should pass is whose level? Our level. So whatever I do, that's normal. That's good. That's balanced. Anymore, oh, it's a bit exaggerated now, isn't it? He prays like two rosaries a day. Come on. 
like we know one royalty is sufficient if even you know so the standard like of of all behavior of acceptable behavior is mine that's terrible that's awful <laughs> that's it's not the way it works so anyone who's who, who hasn't reached that standard of oh, the pagans the absolute heathen you know what i mean they, they go to mass once a month yeah well i go to mass every week but look at that person exaggerating over there they go to mass every day what's that about what a waste of time so like where i am is normal and anything more is exaggerated and anything less you're a heathen it's awful it just makes us judge and jury of the world that's that's not from god if someone prays more than us or better than us fantastic thank god thank god there's someone who can inspire me to greatness or to more and there's someone who prays less than me or not as good as me i would never think of it i don't think that but if there's someone who, who, who in my mind, might, be, might seem inferior, well, I pray for them, pray with them. Elevate them. Standing there, judging them, changes nothing. So every day, as I say, every day, every single conversation and encounter, the action of everybody else is an opportunity for me to grow in virtue. Now, this all happens so... so uh, instinctively it's over before we, we, we realize it but every good action of another person should inspire me to be that bit better not 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 inspire me and not not cause me to conspire pull them down or be jealous but to be inspired maybe maybe i should try this see someone playing guitar rather than go oh they're so good i'll never be that good i'm useless i'm awful i'm awful practice so this reading today it's showing us it's setting the, the tone also for, for the Lord's passion, death, and resurrection for Easter, where they see the Lord's good works. They see the Lord's healing. They see the Lord's preaching and teaching. And rather than being inspired by it, they conspire against him and kill him. There go I, but for the grace of God. Maybe I'm not that far from doing the same. But every day, I have an opportunity to learn. I have an opportunity to practice virtue, to choose what is good, to choose to lift up the other and be inspired by them. And then every day is a school. No day is wasted. No action is wasted. No minute is wasted. Everything is an opportunity to draw me back to the heart of my Father. So we ask <coughs> our Blessed Lady today, to guide us, to teach us through the circumstances of every day that we may be inspired by the virtue of others and never conspire against them. Amen. So dear brothers and sisters, I'd just like to take this opportunity to thank you all for joining us on YouTube or on Paving the Way Home or on Spotify, wherever you've listened to these homilies. Thank you so much for being part of our mission and for continuing to support our mission. It was a great gift that during lockdown uh, we could branch out or broaden uh, our, our outreach so much uh, through technology. So it was, that's been a wonderful privilege and honour. Uh, I'd ask two things, if I may. <clears throat> One, that we'd really appreciate your prayers for our mission. So we have our young people here with us this year. 
and then there are also there's a youth ministry, family ministry, and hopefully in the near future, men's ministry, which we hope to engage in. So we'll ask for your prayers for uh, all of those outreaches. And if you feel that the Lord is calling you to support us also financially, uh, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Uh, running a place like this is, is not cheap, and uh, we do need uh, benefactors' help to, to keep the show on the road and to keep our doors open and to keep this place of formation uh, alive for uh, the young people that come to us. We have opened our applications for next year as well. So if you know anybody who might like to apply, they can do so through our website, holyfamilymission.ie. And also, if you'd like to make any donations, you can do so through our website, holyfamilymission.ie, or send us an email if you'd like to uh, arrange some other form of donation. But we would be greatly, greatly appreciative of any support that you can give us uh, through your prayer and through your financial support. All right. So God bless, and we're praying for you here in Holy Family.